Kelly, how would you describe that? <laughs> Whatever it is you're eating over there. It's graham crackers with whipped cream and chocolate sauce and sprinkles. But we got to start soon. I'm going to run out of sprinkles if we don't what? start soon. Friday. This is episode 12. I'm your host, Byron. And tonight, we're going to be talking about a completely true factual documentary about the lives of four vampires living in New Zealand. Shocking stuff. This film is called What We Do in the Shadows. And in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to spill our guts about the films that made us fall in love with horror. Happy Friday the 13th, Kelly and Sam. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, Byron. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just good? Good. No, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a good week. Sam, how are you? I am... I'm doing okay. I was sicker than shit yeah? earlier this week. Yeah. So, so well, I, some of the fever-induced hallucinations that I experienced probably counted as horror. I don't remember actually watching or reading anything. Oh, no. Yeah. How about you, Kelly? Did you make up for it? Well, so we watched this movie that is not known by anybody as a horror movie, but I decided that it's a horror movie because it kind of reminded me of Coherence. Okay. And it's called... Plus One. The One I Love. Oh, okay. And it's... Mark Duplass. Yeah, it's funny. Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. Fantastic. It was a great movie. It's funny, but then there's some really creepy parts about it. And for, uh, you know... Drama? Chick in her 30s who's... never mind perpetually paranoid about love and relationships i didn't see that one coming either uh it was a bit of a horror movie it was really good i really liked it so knock knock is a horror and this is a horror just because of potential loss of love yes oh and the gummy bears because someone may steal all the gummy berry juice and then how are we gonna bounce how are you gonna bounce what's the gummy bear thing did i forget about that i I don't know you might have just been too young for it oh Oh. the the cartoon the gummy bears yeah oh they were so cute there's a cartoon yeah i just want everyone to know i'm 17 you're a real spring chicken this is my 17 year old voice right (laughs) fortunately as a graphic designer you've been very successful in creating fake ids it's pretty great nick papa giorgio from yuma (laughs) i love that's awesome i met a kid this week who looked like ethan Embry. I lo- like current Ethan Embry. No, like, like Nick Papa Giorgio, oh, okay. Ethan Embry. That, yeah, yeah. Not that's so much awesome. I didn't think thrills. anybody referenced Nick Papa Giorgio other than my sisters and I. <laughs> Everyone does. Come yeah. on now. That's amazing. Well, this I is thought a- it was kind of like the latrine monster. I didn't realize it was such a thing. You gotta love Nick. No, Vegas vacation is. I put a dollar a and got a car. I put a dollar and got a car. <laughs> Come on. We're terrible. We're starting it off by not talking about horror. None of us watched horror. I watched season one of a show called The Killer Speaks. Uh, It's an an A&E show. So the excitement drops down a little Uh, bit more. Uh, The tagline is, every murder holds secrets. The victim can't speak and the killer won't until now. 
basically they do an interview with a killer and so it's real true crime yeah scary you get to hear the details of these murders for the first time so is there some resolution unlike maybe some other podcasts that recently provided no resolution oh like serial yeah yeah i mean there's some things they still don't talk about and then some of them are obviously uh there's something wrong with them mentally or they're just uh, pathological liars but it's interesting. It was cool, but it was also a waste of time. I should have been watching huh. horror films. Well, I don't know. That's kind of horrific. I think that kind of counts. So in my defense, I listen to a lot of horror podcasts. Oh, this good. Week. Research week. Yeah. Yeah. So Stop. dove in this week. Head first. Listen to some real life sci-fi and some bloody good horror. Very nice. Yeah. That's good. Pretty cool. And I I thrashed on my fever bed and vomited uncontrollably. That's yeah, pretty that tight. Fantastic. That's tight, Sam. Uh, I watched... Episode two of Black Mirror. I didn't finish it. Yeah, I told Are you, you right? It? I, I mean, maybe when I get home tonight. I don't know. As I go to bed, I, it was. It's it's kind of lame, huh? It was the the episode where they're in like a virtual reality, basically. It's the future, and the yeah. guy has all the credits. Yeah. to get they some, ride bikes. Yeah, they, what's the deal? Why do they ride so many bikes? It, it fuels I everything. Really I don't know. They're like on a spaceship or something. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a big ending uh, reveal, but I wasn't really. Oh, that's kind of Black Mirror's thing. Is there's no big reveal? You you expect there to be, and then there isn't. Oh, I uh, they are gonna make a U.S. version of Black Mirror. Did you see that? Like, Who good? I don't know. I just saw an article. Give me a second. Maybe this will be the reverse, because lots of times when they take British shows and make them US, they go down. But I don't know that this one could go down. Don't so. be so mean to Well, it's really, it's really frustrating to me, because they all have great potential, and then they just it's go... It's still bleh. better than anything on American network television. Uh, is FX network television? Because no, I think cable. American Horror Story is way better. I also think Modern Family is better, though it's definitely not horror. So the creator says, we would want it to feel more like a continuation than a rebirth. Uh, We're an anthology. We reinvent ourselves week to week. Week to week. So not only is Kelly eating in the mic, she's licking her fingers into the mic. Yeah, it's foul. It's gross. (laughs) So hold on. When they say week, week to week, take they your fried mean like into the other room. literally every 16 weeks because that's how many episodes they release a year. Maybe it takes uh, a long time to make those episodes. They're pretty intensive. I don't know. No. That's not that interesting. Black Mirror is kind of lame. Maybe they'll do something cool. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, that was kind of the news, but maybe we should actually... <laughs> So I know I talked about this last week already, but a couple more reviews have come out of Sundance movies. Oh, more of this. Well, I know. I'm, I'm going to go fast. But apparently it was kind of a huge year for sci-fi and horror at the uh, Sundance Film Festival. Most of them I've already talked about, but a couple on the list I had not talked about yet. One of them is called The Visit, which much to my... Is that the M. Night? No, that is a different visit that's coming out later in the year. And that's actually a horror comedy, which will be interesting. But Wait, a horror comedy from M. Night? I know, I know. Everybody's making jokes about now he's actually going to try to be funny. So maybe that'll work. Anyhow. (laughs) His movies are funny, technically? Well, a lot of people think they're so bad that they're funny. People are so So visit is about aliens. So I'm very excited about that. Aliens? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Uh-huh. And then the other one is a period piece that takes place. Boo. Okay. What is it? I, I haven't even gotten out what it's about. I hate period pieces. Okay. This is called The Witch. 
People gave it crazy good reviews. Uh, writer and director Robert Eggers. It's his filmmaking debut, but it's it takes place in 17th century New England. And there's this family and they get kicked out of their super religious community and they live on the edge of the woods. But there's something in the woods and it looks really good. The reviews were super great. Okay, I do like witches. I do like the Salem times. Just pretend they're all wearing... Yoga pants and off-the-shoulder shirts. You know, I, I hate off-the-shoulder, but I'll take the yoga piece. <laughs> Those were two that I hadn't talked about before, and I'm excited about now. We'll see what their release dates. I mean, since there is good response, I assume they're going to get picked up. So we'll keep an eye out for their release dates. Yay, yay. Speaking of picked up, I heard that it was a seven-figure deal for uh, The Hollow. IFC Midnight picked it up. Whoa. Which is huge. Good for, for Mr. Hardy. Indie horror. Good for Mr. Hardy. I wish he'd tell me when we're going to get to see it. I don't know. We'll find out. It's just that, I mean, they wouldn't spend that kind of money on something that was bad. It, it's supposed to be great. Can't wait. Sundance. I had faith in it before that. You did. Just, yeah. You, you, were, I, you were pushing it for a I while. I was pushing it long before everybody got on the bandwagon at Sundance. Just remember that, Corin Hardy. I was supporting you before it was cool to support you. Did we talk about that on a podcast before Sundance? I think we may have. Yeah, we did. Cool. We did. And I had it on my list of films to watch for this year before Sundance. You hear that, Hardy? Yeah. Yeah. In other news, something pretty cool, guys. You know how Kevin Smith was talking about doing a anthology segment about Krampus? Yes. Turns out a movie called Holidays has been announced. And so have all of the directors, including Kevin Smith. Gary Shore, Matt Johnson, Scott Stewart, Nick McCarthy. Do you know any of these names so far? Mm-mm. I don't either, but we're about to. Dennis Widmeyer and we Kevin Colch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, from Starry Eyes. Yes. Yes, I cannot wait. Uh, Sarah Adina Smith. Ooh, I don't, I don't. And Anthony Scott Burns. So I don't know many of those names, but I do know that Dennis did an excellent job with Starry Eyes, and I can't wait to see what he does next. That's fantastic. And, and when is that supposed to come out? Do we know? Um, let's see. Uh oh, I just read something. Gary Shore was the genius behind uh, Dracula, Dracula Untold. Untold. It looks like. Yeah, I didn't want to point that out. That's unfortunate. You seemed oh. so happy about this movie. I was, and then I, mean, I pooped in your pool. I don't know, but and uh, Matt Johnson did the Dirties, which is a film that I just saw as on Netflix Instant. It's a mockumentary about two kids that uh, are trying to make a class film about a school shooting, and to make it real, they decide to actually go through with it. It's creepy. It's really cool. You should watch it. Wow. Tagline is, everyone has a dark side, and the poster looks amazing. I can't wait. You remember what other poster looked amazing, though? Preservation. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. We'll see kind what of happens. Like wine Positive bottles. show tonight. Yeah, we're gonna Positive we're show, gonna guys. follow through with this. I, I think this is gonna be cool. Since when is Sam cheering for positivity? What the hell is going on? He likes starry eyes. And he I'm likes... a little bit worried. Did were you like kidnapped by the pod people this week when you were vomiting your brains out? We have a lot of good things to talk about. Was, you are not a glass half full guy. Was it black like demon? aliens and shit? Was it demon vomit? Was it black? I, I never got to see it. It could have been. Did you vomit a demon? He tried to get out. Uh, Swallowed it back up. Yep. This is the man we... You're not going anywhere. Demons try to get out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Sam. Demons try to get out of me. That needs to be your tagline. Oh, God. Uh, Sam, before the show tonight, I showed you a commercial from the 90s. Yes. It's a classic. It was a wonderful little gem. 
Yeah, it's no. been making the rounds of social media, and it you was, you didn't know what it was exactly. No, right? I I don't know. I, I, there's like a saturation point where if I see something enough in feeds, I just block it out. out. You don't, don't need it. watch it. But I'm glad that you played this one for me. It is a hilarious mock commercial, mock it, commercial. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away, oh. but it's basically it's called every '90s commercial yeah. ever. And if you have any memory of the caliber of commercial that was around in the 1990s. Sunny D, Capri Sun. Particularly. Bagel Bites, maybe. Yep, mm-hmm. a, a, the after school brand of commercial in particular. Yeah. I, for, you, this, for fans of Too Many Cooks as well. Yes. It has that same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is definitely worth checking out. It's yes. what, three minutes long? Uh yeah, something like that. Yeah. I well let's post it on our page. If your friends haven't posted this already, we'll embarrass ourselves by posting it one more time on the frightday.com. <laughs> hey guys, have you seen that video on the internet? Oh man. And we have one more news story in real news, is that right? Okay, stop. No, I'm not even I'm not responding. Uh Adam Wingard is in the news, you guys. Uh it, the news. Apparently he's making his quote return to horror announcing a movie called The Woods that he uh, is doing with Simon Barrett, who wrote it. And I have a huge problem with them saying he's returning. To okay, so just it. for people who aren't complete movie nerds out there. Oh, yeah. He he did Your Next and The Guest. Well, he also did a couple other movies. Well, those are the two recent ones. So he did a in- segment in VHS 2 and ABCs of Death. And he did a movie called The Horrible Way to Die. Yeah, I, I didn't see that one. He did a movie called Pop Skull. You should check out all the Adam Wingard stuff. He's weird. Uh, yeah, I like his stuff. I am, I'm with you on this one, Byron. And it's the Hollywood Reporter. So, his yeah, his he's heading back to horror, return to horror, and it's kind of emphasizes again that there's the Hollywood machine that sees genre films as, uh, you know, less worthy of them. They're like, oh, he strayed briefly into our grown-up world with the guest, and then he went back to horror. But the guest is so loosely a thriller, like it, it, it is brothers with all of his other movies. It's, it's maybe not as violent as your next, but it definitely has the same feel and the same. To me, the guest is kind of a horror film. It's about a murderer that comes back, and and it's all loosely based around Halloween in this town and these people that are getting violently killed, including Ethan Embry for a brief moment, guys. Nick He's Papa Giorgio. You know, Nick. He's everywhere. But I, people have been saying the same thing with like James Wan. They're saying he's returning to horror, coming back for The Conjuring 2 and Insidious 3. Is he doing both of those? I think so. I yeah. think he has something to do with them at least, yeah. But just because he did Furious 7, they're saying he's coming back. It's his big return to horror. And I think that's just silly. I think people need to quit closing off horror exactly like you're saying. It's, it's a real genre. It makes a lot of money. It does. Hollywood Reporter says, uh, Sam, did you read the article? What's uh, what's The Woods about? The Woods. I don't know if there's many details about it. No, there are basically none. Many of the details are being kept submerged. It does involve a group of college students on a camping trip who discover they are not alone. So pretty broad. That's pretty, <laughs> right yeah, pretty typical. But that's, that's taken from The Hollywood Reporter. That's great, though. I mean, there's a lot of room to do great things with that premise. And once again, Lionsgate is uh, distributing this. So hopefully deeper pockets, deeper. good things. We'll right. see. I trust yeah. Adam. Adam does good stuff. And he's also supposed to do the I Saw the Devil remake. I don't know what happened to that. It might still be happening. It sounds like this one is kind of fast-tracked. They're going to do a cast of unknowns. 
So, and it's supposed to start filming this spring. So I think they're going really quick with that one. So maybe they're rushing it because he's going to start on, I saw the devil in the fall. I don't know. It says outcast is his next movie and it's a TV movie. I don't know what he's doing. Nothing, Nothing else is in production on his IMDb page, but we'll see. We will see. And that's all we have this week. Yay! Yay! Should we should we cut to our our filler section? Stop, <laughs> you guys, please. Uh, it's time. Remember, for... like I I say some I good stuff t- sometimes. Is this a bit? You, or you not? definitely say tell. stuff, huh? Is it's this not a... a bit. Sam's mean. It's time to. Sam, start. it's almost Valentine's Day, and you're being mean to me. It's time for Kelly's cryptids and conspiracies. Kelly's cryptids and conspiracies. Will you put the Sasquatch track in already? Yeah, I will if you send it to me. God damn it, Byron. Does Kelly <laughs> have to do everything for you? Hold on. I don't know how to send it. I have it as a ringtone yeah, on my let's phone. let's not worry about that right now. Byron, right? I need to worry about it now before you don't do it again. What if yeah. I call Kelly right now? She can uh-huh. turn the volume on. Sure. We can just get a capture of it straight no. from the mic. No, we did. It was it was on yeah, one of our I'm recent gonna, episodes. I'm going to use an iPhone to microphone <laughs> version. You know what was really funny, though? When it was playing, <laughs> I was thinking producer. that it actually sounded better no. than it did through my phone. No. no. Okay, I'm going to find the link to it, and I'll send it to you. Give it kind of a real gritty okay. feel. Okay. So NASA sent in their budget, and in it is... A certain allotment of money for planetary science, including formulation of a mission to Jupiter's moon Europa, which is really interesting. So recently there has been some life that was discovered unexpectedly way underneath really, really thick ice. I can't remember what was in the Arctic or the Antarctic. Sam, do you remember? I think it's the Arctic. And that has brought up here quest- on this planet. Yes, on this planet. And that's brought up questions because people didn't think there was anything living down there, but there are tons of species that they just discovered down there and living in an environment that we thought was essentially unlivable. So that has made a bunch of scientists start reconsidering whether life of that kind, I'm not talking little gray men, whether life of that kind might actually exist on Europa. So well, why is that? Why do people think that there is? Well, because Europa is really, 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 really cold and has tons of ice. Water ice. Yes, covered in ice everywhere. And so they kind of assumed for a long time that there wasn't anything living there. But now they're thinking, ah, actually there might be. So, And this is like real news. This isn't like crazy Kelly. So Byron's question was a good one. Is it water ice? Um, I believe so. Because other things could form ice. Anything that gets cold enough can form ice. Yeah. If my D in chemistry... Was it a D plus? Um, hold on. Byron, just, let's just leave it at it's what it a was. D. It's a D. Let's not make it a thing. Yeah, primarily H2O. Primarily H2Gos. Yep. <sighs> right? So, interesting in because we might actually be exploring Europa soon. And it'd be pretty cool if there were some weird little life forms living underneath the ice there. So, that's my first little story. So real aliens. Well, possibly, yeah. I mean, scientists are talking about it being a possibility, like real scientists. Did yes. you did you watch the Europa report? I did. That that doesn't really tie to nothing. This. No, nothing. No. Why did they call it that? Well, I mean, yes, it was. It was just rather fictional. How fictional? Pretty, I think pretty fictional. Pretty fictional. I, th- I think it was a documentary. Pretty fictional. Okay. Next story. Hawaii backstory. Hawaii has kind of a semi-movement for independence like Texas 
does, I guess. Texas wants I to I think that's a real asshole thing to say about Hawaii. <laughs> okay. So, but they really do. They have like a sovereignty group called the Lawful Hawaiian Government. And it has to do with the fact that when Hawaii became part of the states, the native people of Hawaii never actually relinquished their land. And so there's a lot of debate. But point is, this group, this sovereign group that calls themselves the Lawful Hawaiian Government constructed a UFO landing pad and a star visitor center on Uh, on the big island to welcome alien guests. Um, Wall Street Journal ran an article on this. Uh Of course. Yeah. Um, And I think they've got a shot at this. Yeah. So they created the alien welcome mat last year, and they're believing that it's going to help advertise their cause for independence. Alien visitors are invited to establish diplomatic relations and demonstrate their technologies for the benefit of all humanity, marine and animal life. That from the Wall Street Journal about mm. Hawaii. It's a state I would love to go to. I haven't been there yet. It's really um, helping their case. Yeah. For independence. Well, you know. I, mean, I think we can say this because we live in Montana, but man, what a bunch of f-ing weirdos. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I think it's really cool. I think it's awesome. Sam, we could build a landing pad in our backyard. I think pretty much anybody could. I think we should, though. No, I don't think we should. I think that should be our summer project. Wait, w- okay. What's a landing pad made of? Some I don't know. You can concrete? make it out of whatever. I mean, honestly, I think a UFO can land wherever it wants to. That's my thought. Is there like a, is there like a, a but construction? But it's nice to know that like, hey, you're welcome here. Like some kind of a construction basics segment of your cryptozoology certification no class. you're the one with the construction background so maybe we should get you to talk how about do that. ufos lift off do uh-huh. they use air do they do use... i look like an engineer no but you look like someone that knows a thing or two about aliens i have no idea i haven't reverse engineered a ufo i don't know how they work oh well, you should talk to someone that has talk to bob lazar who's that talk to mr lear mr lear will tell you all about how they run mr lear if you're listening we now have a phone number you can call to talk to us. <laughs> I think the odds of... But please don't. Please. Lear listening. Listen, Lear. He what? also thinks that there's some type of a radar on the moon that bounces all of our souls back here to mm-hmm. be reincarnated. He's also the son of the guy who invented the Learjet, incidentally. Well, I believe all that. Okay. So here's you my real call story. one six six one nine spooky one six six one nine spooky and leave us a message please do that would be so cool and if it, somebody did that everyone can call i expect him though, oh it's like a it's like a text that you send with your voice yes yeah, a voice text nick Continue. papa giorgio if nick could call in and tell me about the carsy one that'd, uh, that'd be, be great. great if the latrine monster wanted to give a call that'd be great too i wouldn't mind that at all no it'd be awesome okay so here's my big story for the week big 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 story huge okay so there is a roswell ufo researcher he's written a bunch of books his name is tom carey and he actually is pretty well respected he was doing a panel at american university in dc uh a few months ago and he claimed at that panel that he has the smoking gun photos evidence that aliens are real last week more information came out there was a bit of a press conference and the date was set for when the photos will be revealed they're actually going to be revealed on may 5th but in this press conference there was a ton of information uh so apparently the backstory is 
there was this box of old photos that was in this old couple's house in New Mexico. Somebody was cleaning out their house. The bo- This box of photos got passed around from people to people to people. Some person was ready to throw them out and was going through them. And there were a few slides that were wrapped up in a different package within the box. Open them up and it shows these aliens. They ended up in the hands of Tom Carey. He has already had these photos tested, okay, by historians with Kodak, and they've been verified that they actually were manufactured in 1947, and the sleeves the slides were in were the type used by Kodak in just 1942 to 1949. I mean, that right there, we haven't seen the photos yet, but that right there means the odds, if they're at all believable, the odds of them being faked are a lot less, because in order to do a impressive fake, you couldn't have really done that in 1947. You know, it's kind of like the Skinny Bob video that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Well, what do you mean? It's kind of like that. Well, in the sense that if if we discovered that that Skinny Bob video was made in the 40s or the 50s or even the 60s, it pretty much has to be accepted as real because the technology wouldn't have been around to fake it back then. Okay. So with these photos, it has been proven that these slides were manufactured in the 40s. Okay. So whatever's on them, if it's at all convincing you almost have to accept as real because they didn't have any resources to make convincing hoaxes back then. That is interesting. So we'll see what the photos show. I hate that we have to wait, you know, another... What's the deal with that? He's giving the government time to kill him? Well, I, I think he's already announced it. So, And he's he's working with a guy from Mexico, and it's actually, they're going to be released in Mexico, not in the States. It's going to be at some museum in Mexico City that they're going to do the rollout of them. So why is he doing that? Do you know? I I don't I don't know other than the fact that one of the people that he's teamed up with is a Mexican UFO researcher. Okay. So and maybe there's less danger attached to doing it in Mexico. Who knows? But I just hate that we have to wait that long. So there are a couple videos that are out now that show like fuzzy images of the photos. I mean, he's obviously doing a ton of hype around this. Yeah, why is he teasing? That's weird. Well, because obviously, I mean, if this is what he does for a living and he can make money off of it, he's looking to maximize that. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's really cool because there are a lot of people that are tied to it and verifying the story and the couple that the photos, you know, from whose house these photos originated were supposedly very normal, boring people. The husband was an oil exploration geologist, and he worked in New Mexico. Um, And in 1947, he was the president of the Texas chapter of the American Institute of Petroleum Geologists. And then suddenly, after 1947, he basically did nothing in his profession. Nobody heard of him. He wasn't active with the Institute anymore. It was done. And that's also when Roswell took place. So kind of interesting. His wife was... Also, you know, considered a pretty normal, upstanding member of society. Um, She was a pilot and I believe an attorney. Uh, But I could be wrong about that. That's pretty bizarre for especially back then. Back then. Yeah, that's why I was. uh, Yeah, a highly respected lawyer. Well, Sam, you can. I was going to say. So I just want to throw this out there. So I can get on eBay right now Uh a unopened 1950s expiration date. 16 millimeter film stock the historian has said that like actually the film footage was created in 1947 okay. or in the 40s not i don't think that, that he can nail it down concern, to a day. yeah, yeah. no that's a very buy... good point you can buy those slides but he said the actual footage on it 
is authentically that old. What did they say the pictures are of? They're of a three and a half to four foot tall alien. And apparently the pictures just sta- show... Just standing against a no, white No, 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 it's dead. Like Terry it's Richardson dead. Or- <laughs> no, no, not like Skinny Bob. It's apparently dead and its head's been cut off, but its head is there. Really? And why yeah. wouldn't they come forward earlier? Well, obviously, they had no intention of coming forward at all because the box was cleared out of their house after they both died. Yeah, so they had no intention of coming forward at all. For years, people have been talking about Roswell. Yeah, but it, they prob- a lot of people don't want that attention. And she, as game. an attorney, supposedly had some connections with intelligence agencies. And so she may have gotten in huge trouble for releasing it, too. They may have had it with her for those reasons. It may have had something to do with her clientele. Who knows? But another interesting thing that's tied to this Um, One of the people who a lot of UFO researchers talk to is Edgar Mitchell, who was an astronaut, part of the Apollo 14 mission, sixth person to walk on the moon. He actually grew up in Roswell, New Mexico. And when he came back after walking on the moon, a lot of people told him that the Roswell crash was real. A lot of the people in his community. And one of the people who told him that was a major in the army who was a friend of his family. And so... Mitchell took that information to the Pentagon in the 90s, and he spoke with an admiral who was the chief of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And the admiral told him, gosh, I I don't know anything about this, but I'll go ask some questions for you. And he was told, you don't need to know. So, I mean, and there are literally thousands of stories like that. You hear that stuff over and over and over and over again. But it's just interesting because it's tied to an astronaut. Well, maybe it's cool. because they're like, you're ridiculous. There's no such thing as aliens. You don't need to know. You don't need to ask. Okay, that would be the weirdest way to say no. Byron, that makes no sense. Well, maybe they were treating him like a child. You don't need to know. Childish question. I don't think you treat admirals like I children. Would. I don't think that's a thing. But anyhow, so this is interesting. I'm going to be, you know, updating anything that I can find on it. But I'll give Byron these videos so we can get them up on yeah. uh, Fright Day. And you guys can check out what you think about the information that's out there so far. And hopefully May 5th will be a huge day. How cool would that be? I mean, it's hard for me to get excited after all these letdowns and hoaxes, you know? Well, I I know. Remember I that Bigfoot in the cooler? I was all in about the Bigfoot in the cooler. I wasn't in about the Bigfoot it's in the cooler. It's a straight up Wookiee mask. Wanted it to happen. Oh, by the way, there was also another supposed alien footage that came out a couple weeks ago that was supposed to show a dead alien body at Roswell video footage. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, that's why I'm still hanging on to the Skinny Bob thing, because you watch that video and it's the most obviously faked thing ever. And it's absurd. And people still jump onto those things. So that's unfortunate. There are lots of fakes out there. People want to believe. Yeah, but... Yeah. But I need a reason. Not everybody reporting these are liars, Byron. Well, we're going to find out on May the 5th. Let's do a live stream, a countdown to the to the. <laughs> That'd press be so conference. amazing. We'll oh, my a, God. That'd be great. We'll do a Google Hangout. <laughs> we'll just show the disappointment on Kelly's face. <laughs> just, I, I'll be broken. The dullest two hours ever I mean, recorded, I haven't gotten myself crazy psyched. of joy as she just breaks. Oh. I, I haven't gotten myself crazy psyched up for it yet, but I, I think it could be really, really neat. And the fact that the film, the, the little slides have been proven that they actually are that old. Like I said, now once I see them... I think it's, I don't know. It'll be cool. It'll be really, really neat. Cool. Yeah. So the, that's uh, Kelly's Cryptids and Conspiracies. And, uh, oh, side note, one of our listeners who I'm fairly sure was just mocking me uh, was asking about mermaids. Oh, yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't think I believe in mermaids. However, 
What about what what separates mermaids from the other crazy shit you believe in? The fact that they're fake. Um, the fact that people don't claim to see mermaids constantly. You know, a lot of pirates would beg to differ. Yeah. yeah. They are the bane of pirates everywhere. Yeah. Constantly so, however, them into the shoals. However, there is this person named Kazi Mahina who likes to dress up as a mermaid. Oh. She can hold her breath for five minutes underwater. And she is in lots of movies playing a real-life mermaid. She runs her own brand that makes merfins so that people can pretend to be mermaids, too. Okay. There's uh-huh. definitely so a saying... creepy sexual element to what that woman does. Yeah, well, she's pretty good-looking, too. So, yeah, they're very well maybe. Oh, the sip and dip. It's yeah. She, I think she's a couple steps up from what they typically get at the sip and dip, babes. Okay. Um, uh, in May of 2012, Animal Planet ran a special called "Mermaids: The Body Found." Are you familiar with this? No, one? I'm not. I'm not. Missed that one. Apparently, uh, they made the unusual declaration that no evidence of aquatic humanoids has ever been found. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, there's they apparently don't exist. Yeah. I mean, who knows? They're from Animal Planet. There are lots of things AP, that we don't yeah. know about and like we talked about last week, new species are discovered all the time, but yeah, I um What's the Fiji mermaid? Do you know anything about that? No. Wasn't the Fiji mermaid uh one of the displays in oh, Ripley's? Ripley's? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that sounds familiar. Mermaids. Yeah, I mean... Like what happened to Rain Wilson's character in House of a Thousand Corpses. Exactly, like a taxidermy. Yeah, we need like a like a thumbs down. Like Kelly Kelly doesn't believe. <laughs> we have the scale of believability and it goes from 10 to 20. Kelly like, questions it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's like, you know how Mythbusters has busted, possible or confirmed? Yeah, I, no, I like it. I like it. Um, Maybe uh, not. You're no Snopes, dear. I'm Snopes. How about might exist, probably exists, and exists? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, uh, how about it, this is this is Nessie level, meaning it definitely no. exists. This no. is Chupacabra uh, level, we'll meaning it, it probably a, exists. A probability rating of one to ten. So in Kelly's cryptids and conspiracies world, uh-huh, uh, my yeah. expert opinion. I think the probability rating for mermaids would be somewhere around a 1.5. And that's pretty low. It's pretty low. Huh. I mean, I'm not saying zero because things are out there, but I mean, like Nessie's a 9.8. When they find mermaids, 1.5. When they find mermaids on Europa, you're, <laughs> you're going to be fucking pissed. Yeah. No, I'll be really excited. That'd hey, be so cool. You know what does exist? What? Vampires. Let's uh, Let's talk about what we do in the shadows you're enjoying your visit here this evening now on with the show what we do in the shadows written directed and starring jemaine clement and taika watiti sam you want to tell us what those movies i'm on 
You're not prepared. What? You're not prepared for it. It's, it's about vampires. Uh, this movie, you know, I'll just read what they intro the uh, movie with. Every few years, a secret society in New Zealand gathers for a special event, the Unholy Masquerade. <laughs> in the months leading up to the ball, a documentary crew was granted full access to a small group of this society. Sam. Yes. What'd you think of this movie? I... I don't have enough words to say how much I adored this film. It was adorable. It it was. It was adorable. And I think it's kind of amazing because we were waiting so long to see it after Byron's taunted us with it since South by Southwest. And so it was pretty built up and it still did not disappoint. She snagged yeah. it hard. She did. Well, he it's was an open, just, It's a round table. He He's, was just, I hate you. Both. <laughs> No, he was just sounding really dumpy. I was trying to help out. <laughs> You're so mean. Yes, you, you saved me. You saved me. Save me. Kelly, what do you think of this movie? You loved it. I I've think been, you I've two been... are fucking. Hey, and I'm, just I'm leaving. See- this is a movie I just stumbled into midday at South by Southwest. I was like, what? how good could a movie about van- like a horror comedy? I don't usually fall for horror comedies, so I was wondering. Great, another now- scary movie. Exactly. I yeah, scary movie, not frightening movie. Another scary movie. Yes. Also, Those I'm not. I'm gonna come clean. I'm not a huge fan of Fly the Concord. Really? Yeah. It's just not my thing. Weird. No, that's okay. It's not really okay, but. <laughs> but I love this movie as well, and I'm glad you guys got to watch it. Oh. So you had so to be good. walking around. When was when was South by Southwest? Uh, last March. March. So you've been walking around. With this knowledge in your head. So you had to just feel like a god among men. It's painful. And I did feel great. I added it to my top 10 list last year, which felt good. Dick. It, felt, it felt good to know that this was there. It's It's been fueling me. And now that it's out in the world, I don't know what's going to keep me going on a daily basis. Oh, sad. We're probably going to have to go to that cellar. Stanley Film Fest so you can get a new one to be obsessed with. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, we should probably uh, do that. What did you think of this <laughs> For real. They did an amazing job with the documentary format of it. We've watched a lot of, I guess for lack of a better word, serious horror movies lately that are done from the either found footage or documentary perspective that were maybe not great and this movie is a comedy and it had the documentary feel spot on you you felt the whole time or at least i did like i was watching an episode of the real world from 1995 yeah uh, yeah it's easier to call a movie like this a mockumentary than it would be like a found footage film to absolutely call totally to me it reminded me of spinal tap or like the early like uh, yes like drop dead gorgeous these movies that are or funny. yeah uh, waiting for guffman exactly. or yeah I think this movie plays on a lot of the vampire tropes without it feeling like like it's forced or like it's like checking off marks on a box. They they kind of just happen naturally as if maybe you were a vampire that you're filming. Like the flying is always hilarious. Yeah, and <laughs> the flying reminded me of when I did a community theater production of Peter Pan. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was pretty much the same thing and it was hilarious well either like vacuuming they're flying or every time they're trying to fight or intimidate each other they're flying and yeah. like, getting in each other's faces it's hilarious it's yeah not, and then they don't it's not like a thing that they do to make it a big deal it just happens and it, yeah. i think that that's what makes it work yeah and they and it combines all the tropes not just 
you know, the classic Nosferatu, the stuff from Twilight and oh, yeah. from True Blood. It's, oh, it's, it's glorious. It, it focuses on the everyday, like, like humdrum lives of vampires, of eternal life. Yeah, like when you've been alive for 8,000 years, like Peter, what do you do every day? Who's going to, someone still has to clean the toilet. Someone has to do the dishes. It's been five years since they did the dishes. Yeah, there were, there were some big debates over dishes. Oh, I God. could totally empathize with that. A chore, a wheel. chore wheel. Like, what are you? What What are the consequences for not doing chores when you're an immortal? There's some philosophical depths to these questions. I don't know. Just being a bad roommate, man. You don't want to be the worst roommate. No, I think not. We didn't really talk about the characters yet. There's three characters. Four. Sorry, I always forget about. Well, uh, they're four plus, really. Well, four plus, but maybe we'll talk about that in spoilers. No, I don't think. I don't think that Nick the is introduction a spoiler. Of Nick. Okay. Yeah. The oldest vampire, who's the most Nosferatu-y of them, is Peter 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 Peter. Um, he's eight thousand years old. Uh, then we've got Vladislav, who's eight hundred and sixty-two, played by Jemaine. Played Clement. by Jemaine. And yep. he used to be like a powerful vampire. Yes, and he lost his confidence because of his nemesis. Yes. The Beast. The Beast. Yeah. And then the Beast is my favorite. The Beast is fantastic. And then we've got Viago, played by Taika Watiti, and he's 317 years old. And then we've got Deacon, who's 183. He's the cool the one. Kid. He's the cool one. He's like the hip young trendsetter in the house. He also used to be a, a Nazi. Yep. And things are bad when you're a Nazi and a vampire, he says. That's why I could he, imagine. That's why he ran away to New Zealand. Yeah, which was a good decision, obviously, because then he ended up on this great mockumentary. Oh, that's amazing. And then there's Nick and there's Jackie. Jackie is like the minion slave of Deacon. And then Nick is a new friend that they make. Because of her. She introduces them at dinner. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot to this movie. Uh, what else do you like? The soundtrack is great. All the line delivery. The acting in this movie is amazing. It is. I, I mean, I I think the, the comedic timing and professionalism of of the cast is perfect for this spot on every line there's not a dull second in this movie every minute has something that that's important to the plot and character development and and is ridiculously funny and the the dialogue is phenomenal and the banter is so quick it's it's depressing because it's one of those things that you realize you could never in a million years create this no you can't write this in terms of plot, so, should we do like spoiler alert? And well, let's say who's your favorite first. Who's my favorite? Yeah, my favorite is Viago because he's adorable and nerdy and very kind-hearted and gentle. He means well. Yeah, I'm more of a deacon guy myself. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, well, you're the hip young trend center here at Friday too. Yeah, it's true. It it's makes true. a bit of sense. Uh, how about you, Sam? I also like Viago. You just. He's trying to put the best possible spin on everything that happens because he legitimately sees it that way. It's He reminds <laughs> me of me. And you just want things to work out for him. You really you just do. Want to give him a hug. Especially when he uh, finds victims. We'll talk about that in, <laughs> in Dead Giveaways. Oh, God, he hates it so much. Uh, okay. I don't want to give away too much of this movie. Cause yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to. to yeah, I think get we need to do Dead Giveaways. It. Dead because Giveaways. It is so, it's so character based. You can't talk that much about the character exactly. without giving something away. Dead Giveaways. <laughs> This is the point in the show where we 
spoil a movie. If you don't want this movie ruined, I highly recommend you pause and watch What We Do in the Shadows before continuing. And I mean that because this is one of my favorite movies of last year. And I think Agreed. it's safe to say that you guys are huge fans. Kelly's on her phone. Huge. Guys, I have a lot to say about this. All right. Okay. I would I would love to hear you. What are your favorite parts, first of all, personally? <laughs> Two words. Bat fight? Bat fight. Yes. <laughs> the so bat fight good. was fantastic. Bat fight. <laughs> so good. I mean, obviously, we all know that when you're a vampire, you can turn into a bat. Yes. And... That's how they prefer to fight it out. In, in it's a, like a cat fight, except in the air as bats. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. All these small things that they do. That's what I was saying earlier. All these these things that you know about vampire lore that they incorporate in really smooth ways, really fun ways. One of my other favorite parts is Nick. So Nick gets turned into a vampire. Right. So Nick is... He's a dinner guest. Right. Jackie's ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And he comes to visit as a dinner guest, but he escapes before they can suck his blood. And while he's getting away, Peter accidentally turns him into a vampire uh-huh, yeah. as he's draining him of blood. But before that, they fed him Puschetti, remember? Puschetti? They fed him Puschetti and Puschetti. then did the Lost Boys trick and, yes. and made him think that he was eating worms and that his penis was a cobra. So they, they like to have fun. They do like to have fun. And so now they've got like this baby vampire that they have to like teach the ropes and he's just an idiot and goes out drinking downtown and and tells everybody what he is. I am Twilight. I'm a vampire. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And they're trying to rein him in. But Nick, remember when they went out after that long night of partying at that vampire only club and he tried to eat a French fry? Do you remember when he threw up? He ate his chi- yes. the, the chips. I love chips. He threw yeah chips. He threw up like a gallons of of blood. I can imagine yeah. vampire blood vomit. Yeah, just it, over the top spraying. Kind of like uh, in Team America. Yeah, yes. It felt a lot like that. Yes, that was one of my highlights of this. Uh, pretty yeah. much once Nick gets introduced in the, in this movie, I think it's kind of ramp up a little bit because he also brings in one of i think kelly's favorite characters Stu. Stu is nick's friend and he teaches them all about computers and technology because he's an it professional yeah so he's like trying to teach them how to catch up to the times um and they're extremely in again one of the sort of touching but also hilarious moments is they get to experience sunrise oh that youtube like video watching of sunrise. yeah yeah Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> they were super into it yeah yeah which is funny because i never would have thought about that but that's great that's how all vampires should experience sunrise that's wonderful yeah the, the whole montage where Stu is teaching them about things like viago mm-hmm. Skypes his old uh, slave or uh, caretaker. Oh, yeah, and who's about to die. Yeah, because he's 90 and he was supposed to turn him before he died. <laughs> yeah. But that guy deserved it because he sent his coffin with the wrong postage and it took him right. 18 months to get to New Zealand. Yeah, still, that was really mean. He made him wait his whole life. But it caused him to lose his chance to fall in love with that woman. Yeah, well. Diago's girlfriend. Viago. Viago? It's with a V. Oh, I'm blowing it left it's and right. Viago. Viago, like vampire. Yep. Yeah. So Viago's girlfriend, yeah, he missed out on her, which is really, really sad. But he gets another chance. He does. Which is great. So the sad part of this show, though, is when Nick, flapping his mouth... Oh, Nick. ...ends up telling a stranger that he's a vampire, doesn't realize Many that the strangers. stranger... Right. And, but this and one bar. in particular turns out to be a vampire hunter 
who then breaks into their flat and kills Peter. I don't, he was going to kill Peter, but Peter ended up kind of killing himself because the no, no, vampire no, crawled in the window and the sun got him. Yeah, it was really sad. Oh, it was sad. And they so tr- then they get really pissed at Nick and they tell him he's banished. And they do something really horrendous to Nick. They uh, they do a procession of shame. <laughs> Which is another... Why do you describe the procession of shame, well, Byron? Well, it's like, it's pretty much like they walk in a circle around Nick, uh, wagging a single <laughs> finger at him and saying, shame. It's it's so good. How do you write a script like this? I How don't, do you come I, up I, I clearly don't hilarious. know because I, we would not be doing this. Oh my God. Yeah, they're hilarious. Hands down. There's so many moments oh. in this movie. We can't and, miss Viago's kill, right? Oh my God. I don't know what you were going to say, but I don't want to skip no, Viago's go, kill. No, you have to. Viago early in the movie is complaining about uh, the mess that everyone's making while feasting on victims. So in this scene, you can see him talking to this woman and laying out newspapers below her. <laughs> and it's, He's like it's semi-American It's obviously an awkward psycho. date. It is, it's very awkward. And he uh, he lines up. She seems very excited for what comes next. I think she's maybe a just dumb as lonely as him idea. or dumb. And he accidentally hits the main artery. Well, and blood goes everywhere. It's oh my god. See, and this is one. And of the, he's just mortified. This is one of the only gore scenes in this movie, but it's amazing. Oh, it was real good. It blows everywhere. And then he, I have a quote. He says, "On the upside, I think she had a really good time." <laughs> And that's kind of the attitude he carries throughout the whole film. I love him. Uh, he is great. Now that I'm talking about him, he is pretty fun. Um, He's really fantastic. And can we talk about the rivalry between werewolves and vampires? Oh, it's amazing. Yes. It's so yes. much better than the Twilight version. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. yeah. They hate each other. Were- yeah. The werewolves stink. And what are, what They're are the great. Were- the werewolves are like a male support group Basically. for each other. They're oh. like recovering alcoholics. They're super mm-hmm. sweet to each other. Yeah. They have each other's back. And they're trying to they're trying to constantly combat this inner beast to the point that when somebody curses, the the mantra is we're werewolves, not, not swearwolves. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. And and the main character of that is who in Fly the Concords? It's their manager. The, oh. the head werewolf is the manager of, I didn't of know that. the band Fly of the Concords. Oh. It's great to see him. He kills it. He is great. He was really good. And then we end up at the Unholy Masquerade, which just so happens to take place at the Cathedral of Despair. Best name for a location ever. Uh, it's, yeah, which is a gathering of witches, zombies, and vampires. It just so happens the beast is the guest of honor. And the whole movie, we've been led to believe that the Beast is some unholy creature of unimaginable power that completely destroyed Vladislav. It's a monster. Yeah. A legendary monster. And it turns out it's just his ex-girlfriend. Pauline. Paula. Paula? It's Paula. And she impaled him and called him an asshole and (laughs) and broke his heart. Uh, And that's where the legend of the Beast comes from. So he reluctantly, he decides to skip the beginning of the masquerade, but they take stew with them, which turns out to be kind of a bad idea because it's a gathering of zombies, werewolves, and witches. It's You kind of have to be undead. It's a rule. It's in yeah. the bylaw. Yeah. But they and really stew, like stew. Stew's a human, so... Stew is a human. Yeah. So they all flip out when they find out that he's a human. The guests are trying to kill him. And in all the 
turmoil, Vladislav fights. Oh, he shows up in a fun mask. Yes. And says, you will not eat stew and you will not eat the camera guy. Maybe one camera guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he fights... He fights the beast's new, new boyfriend. boyfriend. It's amazing. Yep. In another, kind of like a bat fight, but not a bat fight. A vampire yep. fight. Stu impales the, the boyfriend. Yes. And uh, they have to leave. They're yep. forced to leave the unholy masquerade. And when they're running, they run into the werewolves slash swearwolves. Of course. And Who are Stu the, just is... about ready to turn in the middle of a park. One of my on favorite things before they turn uh, the leader is really bummed at them because they brought jeans and not track pants. <laughs> because he says, you know how big our legs get when we transform. Those pants are going to be shredded. And they just really care about each other. And it's very obvious. It's, you <laughs> don't want to have to go home in shredded pants with exactly. your junk hanging out. It's true. So, But they don't chain themselves up in time. They yeah. transform. A vampire werewolf brawl begins, but Stu doesn't have the ability to fight. No, Stu's just a man. And unfortunately, he gets attacked by the werewolves. The vampires assume that he's dead and they're grieving and they leave. Well, he got gutted pretty hardcore. Yeah, but apparently not. a reasonable not, assumption by the vampires. Apparently not that hardcore because he actually survives and has been turned into a werewolf. Which brings both the groups together. Because everyone is, loves Stu. He is the, is the cornerstone of peace this. connection and forges a diplomatic bond between the two groups. And everyone lives happily ever after. Including Viago and Catherine. Right. Catherine? Literally ever after because yeah. they're vampires. Yeah, so he finds his long lost love that he missed out on because... Well, first of all, thanks to all this new technology, he finds his long lost love Mm -hmm. that he missed out on um, when his coffin arrived so late. And she is now one billion years old and about to die. She's like 90 and he's 400. Right. So he turns her into a vampire and she has to be 90 for all eternity now. It's pretty great. But it was cute. It was really, really cute because they got to live. It was like a kind of reminded me of the notebook. Well, it except did. they remembered things. It kind of did. Oh, it was great. sweet. And so everybody except for Peter lives happily ever after. I mean, Peter, he was old. He was real angry. He was like he was Mr. Wilson man. cubed. He's a pretty rough roommate. Yeah, he was real angry. Kind of reminds me of my roommate. We cu- hmm. The dogs? Hmm. This was a fun movie. Such a fun movie. This movie made me happy. I'm glad we got to actually talk about the details because it's hard to it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling. Yeah, you you do have to go into spoilers, and I think it's important to watch because even it's not spoilers that you're ruining like scares, obviously, because it's funny. But I do think that the way it's revealed is really masterful, and you don't want it spoiled. You know, you want to be able to experience those things yourself. So hopefully everybody heeded our warning. Go see it. If this comes anywhere close to you, go see it. Yes. Yes. Let's play some cute uh, romantic horror music and then come back and talk about movies that made us fall in love with horror. In honor of Valentine's Day, everyone's favorite holiday. Hey, cut out the attitude. Roll the music. God, you're an asshole. L. It's for the way you look at me Oh, it's for the only one I see V, 
is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love. Is all that I can give to you. Love. So there are lots of movies over the course of my life that have developed my very close relationship with horror films. However, if I had to pick a single film that made me fall in love with horror when I was just a wee young lass, spill it. It would be the original film, The Haunting. The original. Haunting. The original. Not the so one the in remake. Not the one in Connecticut, not the remake, but the original Haunting. It was... The one with Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, nice. not the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Wrong. CCJ? Wrong. Okay, um, tell me, tell me. 1963 if- movie, it actually had Julie Harris in it. And for those of you who are IMDb folks, it actually has a 7.6 on IMDb. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah, high. I've been trying to talk Byron into watching this movie it's forever. Next, it's next on my, my vintage list. Good. I mean, you need a February one. We're halfway through the month. Yeah, Get it going. Yeah. Okay. So, so what what made you crush on this movie? Well, so it was one of the first scary movies my dad showed me. And I used to have these sleepovers with my friends before it became obvious that I was really weird and my friends didn't hang out with me nice, as much. Yeah. yeah. So, but when I was little, um, my girlfriends would come over like, I don't know, nine, 10, 11 years old. And we would watch this movie and everybody would get so, so scared. So there's some different scenes in the movie. Um, basically the plot is there's this house that's supposed to be haunted and a doctor Dr. Markway. Dr. Giggles? Yeah. He's doing. No. Oh, you should watch that. He's doing research to try and prove the existence of ghosts. So he goes to this place called Hill House. He brings these people with him. And one of them is this really lonely woman named Eleanor. And she immediately forms this connection with the house and creepy, creepy stuff starts to happen. Is she like a psychic? She has psychic abilities, but she's a super weirdo outcast. And this like it was a really big deal that she was going to go someplace where she felt like she belonged. It's actually kind of sad. But there are a couple scenes and the camera works kind of cool. There's some weird tilted camera angles that they use. I love that back then. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't over the top. And there's one scene in particular where there are these horrible noises. She, they're in this bedroom. Um, so she's rooming with a, a clairvoyant named Theodora. So there are like five people that go for this experiment to this house. And it's the middle of the night and it's pitch dark. She starts talking about your hand is so cold. And, and obviously it's not her hand. Oh, you find no. out it's not her hand. It's super scary. And then they're hearing these banging noises out in the hallway and it's getting louder and louder and you start seeing the door like actually bend inwards and it's super scary and she's watching the wallpaper on the wall and like as you're staring at the wallpaper from her point of view like you start to actually almost like watching clouds you start to imagine like scary faces in the wallpaper it's really cool and it's everything's really simple great practical effects yeah bare bones who's the director of this do you know um, yeah, Robert Wise. I just looked that up, no, so yeah. it and wasn't it was off actually the top based of my head. on the novel *The Haunting of Hill House* by Shirley Jackson. One of the, I think, a lot of critics agree that it's one of the greatest horror novels of the century. Yeah, and so this guy did quite a few movies. He actually did *The Day the Earth Stood Still*, one of the classic B horror movies that mm-hmm. was remade horrifically by Keanu. Um, Keanu directed it. 
No, he was in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. But he he hung around for a long time. I mean, he did the original Star Trek in 79, the Star Trek movie. But this was, it was just how awesome. Many, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? No less than 100. And and what made you want wow. to share it with your friends? You said when you were young, this is what you would show your friends. Right. So I loved being scared from the first time I saw a scary movie, from the first time I heard a ghost story. I've always loved being scared. I'm one of those people, Sam will testify to this, anytime I see a movie I really like or hear a song I really like or see a YouTube video that I really like. You assume everybody else wants to All see I it. want to do is share it with all the people I really uh-huh. care about because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. You guys got to see this too. And so it was the same thing with this. I just really wanted my friends to watch it. And they actually dug it. Like, like I have a girlfriend that is actually a professor at a pretty big university. And she will randomly send me text messages around Halloween reminding me of how we used to eat sticky popcorn and watch The Haunting. What? Okay. I don't want to get off track, but what is sticky popcorn? A sticky popcorn is like you make popcorn with the sauce that is used to congeal Rice Krispie treats. So you take popcorn and you pour Marsh- you're talking about marshmallows. You're talking marshmallows and butter and salt <laughs> oh, okay. and sugar and you pour it over the popcorn and it like makes this like sticky like delicious popcorn. napalm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. It's epic. That's a Mama Hughes special. That could be um, my new favorite phrase. Delicious Byron. napalm. Yeah. It's yeah, really good. So, I was in a band called that. Really? No. Of oh, I was going to say, Jesus, that's a pretty cool name. Copyright, Byron. Don't take that to anyone. Go get the website, Byron. Hurry up. Uh, <laughs> delicious napalm twitter handle i just yes. got it uh so yeah that's that's my movie i still love it to this day and i cannot wait to talk to you about it after oh, you watch it I'll talk. i cannot wait i'll watch it uh sam you've yes been, you've been crushing on movies for a while i have been and i would say that my first horror crush was an eight foot tall prehistoric bipedal creature that inhabited the, the black lagoon deep in the amazon Oh, I, I in can't. 1954 is the creature from the black lagoon this is another movie i haven't seen i know you should the oh, classic so universal good. monster movies it's weird that i'm hanging out with a bunch of like 65 year old people i know i really am i've, I've always to, been old. i used to watch these movies on the radio all the time oh, on the <laughs> on the the listen box <laughs> yeah we didn't growing up we didn't have tv we didn't have a vcr so it was a big occasion if it was a long weekend because we're Amish. It was a combination of being pow and uh-huh. our parents who felt like there were other things that we could be doing, which is probably true. Responsible. But when we would get to rent, uh, we would rent a actual VHS player as well as movies. I remember that yeah. back in the day, like Blockbuster. And it was like a suitcase that you could put a, a tape in. It was ridiculous. But my sister and I would rent the Universal Monster movies. For some reason, the creature from the Black Lagoon just really struck me as visually. It's a cool, it's a cool design. Out of all of those, I think it's the best one. It is. Well, they all have their merits, but there was just something about the like the adventure aspect of it, of venturing into the the uncharted Amazon and discovering this monster that really just wanted to be left alone. I don't know. It I don't was... know anything about the creature from the Black Lagoon. What is yeah, his deal? It's, it's basically a story of. Yeah, it's a pretty, I guess, on the surface, a fairly trite story about, um, you know, Western American or their American scientists who travel into the Amazon to recover this creature that's somehow survived through the eons in the Black Lagoon. And it escapes and spends the rest of the movie terrorizing them and trying to kidnap the female lead. Like a King um, Kong 
yeah. in the jungle. Yeah, well, exactly. King Kong's from the jungle. And but they Amazon. bring him to back to New York. Yeah, yeah. And this takes place, uh, you know, in in the Black Lagoon. So it had some really cool underwater effects for the time that you know blew my mind. Having you know not seen a lot of what was current at the time, it was really kind of mind blowing to me. And as we didn't have a lot of uh, you know TV or movie experience, I read a lot of books and a lot of horror books that were. I don't know, maybe age appropriate and maybe not, but that was the first time I felt like that feeling that I got from reading those books was transferred onto the onto the screen. And it was just a really magical connection for me. And so, um, you know, that and like I said, we I just sit with my little sister and we just love them and eat cereal like all day on a Saturday. Um, so I have a lot of really fond memories about that. Delicious napalm on it. No delicious napalm, although if we would have had the ingredients and the knowledge, we certainly would have. That is, that's my first horror love. Why do you think they haven't remade Creature of the Black Lagoon? I, you know, I don't know. And frankly, if the way it sounds like Universal is going to be taking the monster remakes, um, I hope they never do. This is one true love in horror. In horror. No, I think. Hey, although I'm Kelly not- can be terrifying. <laughs> um, so, Byron, what gives you a horror boner? Uh don't this say that's movie, disgusting. This movie really gets me going. It's not as old as as the movies you're talking about. It's from uh, 1996. It's about two criminals Yesterday. and their hostages unknowingly uh, seeking temporary refuge in an establishment, uh, lovingly known as the Titty Twister Bar. Oh, class. Uh, and it turns out some vampires come to visit. Uh, from dusk till dawn is my horror love the first love my true love i love this movie i saw this i think i talked about this on episode one of our podcast but since no one listened to that episode and everybody should took that down didn't you i i don't know it's just not anywhere (laughs) this is my favorite movie i saw it at a birthday party at my cousin's when i was in elementary school I had, oh, God bless irresponsible cousins. I know, right? I had never been allowed to watch movies like this as a kid. I've always, I was like a mama's boy. One time, my sister cartwheeled and kicked me in the head, and I said "fuck," and I put soap in my own mouth, even though my dad's like, "It's fine. You you hit your head. You're fine." And I was like, "Nope, dad." Oh my God, I love this you, explains Byron. A lot. Yeah, here we are. So, Byron, you're so good. So my cousin lets me watch this movie. Uh, starring George Clooney, Harvey Keitel, uh, Juliette Lewis, great cast. So, would you say that it's starring those people and not Danny Trejo? I mean, uh oh, you've done it, Byron. <laughs> any movie that Trejo's in, you gotta say it Trejo first. Stars in stars Danny Trejo, Harvey Keitel, Danny Trejo, George Clooney, Danny Trejo, Juliette Lewis, and Danny Trejo, and Danny Trejo, and condom balloons full, filled with holy water. This movie has everything. It has a jackhammer turned into a stake. It's got uh, Cheech Marin, uh, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, Selma Hayek doing a great striptease to vampire combination. This movie was everything I shouldn't have seen first. Uh, this entered me into a world of horror so rapidly, and it consumed me. That's this is why I'm here now talking about horror is a movie like this. Talk about just a little bit about the 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 last scene. Oh, the final scene? Yeah. Uh, the pull away? Yeah. How it reveals that 
Yeah, and that the titty twister. Hey, this is a huge reveal. Maybe we should beep this out. Oh, shit, sorry. The biggest reveal in a movie, which led to one of the poorest sequels I've ever seen in uh, a movie. You know, movie. we'll just forget that that ever happened. Yeah, I would love to. It started with vampires, and we're going to end it with vampires. I like it. I like it. I love movies. I love doing this with you guys. Oh, I love doing this with you guys, too. Even yeah. Sam, even when he's grumpy and mean. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday. Happy and happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. I love all of you listeners Uh, very much. You guys are great. Kelly, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Kelly Fright Day. Hold tight. I forgot something great that you love. We got a question this week. Let's knock knock that out real quick. Uh, It's from an anonymous person. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, you guys and girl. Haven't talked about horror face-offs. I'm talking about aliens versus gremlins kind of stuff. Thanks. Ooh. Who would win? So like AVP? Are, are they no, like dream matchups? Are they? Oh, oh man! Dream like 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 Freddy versus Jason matchups. Yeah, okay. or hmm. but Michael Myers versus I don't know where to I start. I like this question. Spike from Gremlins. So I would immediately go to like the Exorcist versus the Aliens in. You can't put it. Oh, dark so like skies. The, so like the good guy from one movie versus the 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 monster bad guy from another. You mean the exorcist, like the 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 person who's possessed? No, like yeah, like the the crazy demon in the exorcist versus xenomorphs win everything. Yeah, they have they'll acid rip you, blood, and they'll rip you in two. Uh huh. Yeah, so let's start there. What what would what would take down a xenomorph? Well, aliens. I know aliens. I know aliens. I have, that's that's an alien. I have scientific... xenomorph is the name of the alien in Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, but like a gray, you a, think gray a gray, would, a gray would no, take him down. No, that's stupid. Totally you know what? think a gray would take him down. You know what will what, what? unequivocally a predator. Well, according to a film, I haven't seen AVP. Have you seen that? They're not good. Okay, but other than a predator, but the comics outside, are great. The games are great. That's true. Outside of that world, what could beat a xenomorph? Jason Voorhees can't do it. No, because aliens <sighs> like like actual scary gray alien skinny Bob. Skinny Bob can't do anything. What would he do? Mentally? Blink. Yeah, mentally. Blink make, very fluidly? He'd make the xenomorph's brain explode. That's not enough. Sigourney Weaver can do it. I think maybe maybe Jason Voorhees could do it. No. We'll, I don't we'll think see. so. You gotta be smart. The aliens are smart. The xenomorphs are. Are they? They're bright. Because they got hooked brains. They go back a long ways. Yeah. A lot of cerebellum in there. Uh, how many gremlins would it take to take down a xenomorph? Depends on whether mm. acid affects them the same way that water does. I think we're putting everyone to sleep, just like we're putting Kelly to sleep. Yeah. I was actually looking at pictures of, of the, the xenomorphs. No, of the creature from the Black Lagoon remake is what I was looking at. Wait, there's an actual picture now. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I don't even want to know. Where were we, Kelly? Where can we find you on the internet? At Kelly Friday. Oh, and if you have a question, I'm sorry, I apologize. I keep no, you're fine. Up. You're fine. And if you have a question, go to frightday.com and click on questions or comments. We love questions, especially me. These guys like them too, but I get really excited about them. It makes me very happy. And let me know what could take out a xenomorph. I, I really think a gray is the only thing that can take out a xenomorph. If you if you disagree with Kelly. Maybe what? a lichen droid. Oh, geez. Did you see my lichen droid drawing? No. It's up on Friday.com. Okay. I got to check. That's amazing. Uh, Kelly, where can we find you on the internet? At Kelly Fright Day. Fantastic. And you like to hear from people? Anyone. I just, I really love communication. It makes me feel loved. Sam, how about you? I do not feel that way. 
at Sam Fright Day on Twitter is yes. his handle. And he kind of wants to hear from you, man. I do. He does. And my name is Byron McCoy, and that's exactly my Twitter handle. Isn't you, that convenient? It is, isn't it? Next week, we're going to talk about extraterrestrial. How do you Yay. feel about that? I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I bet you I knew you would be. It's yeah, my well. kind of film, that one. Sam? Yes. How's that Lycan droid? That, that is the Lycan droid. It sure is. You are an artist, sir. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until hey, Byron. Now, yes. We didn't give the movie our ratings. Oh, fuck. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here we go. What do we give it? Okay, Let I'm not give going it first. first. Yeah, go- Byron has to give first. it first. Byron I, goes first. I give it a 9.1. This is a great film. Love it's it. It's amazing. Sam, you go. 9.0. 9.3. All right. Is that what you would have done? Yeah, that actually is what I would have done. All right. It was so funny. Watch this movie. Pay so much for this movie. Support yes, it. Support Bring it, it to your town if you can. Request it. Like this is a Give cool- these guys money any way you can figure out how. Yes. This is so fun. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry we didn't do that in the right order. Uh, and until next Fright Day, I'm Byron. I'm Kelly. And I'm Sam. Stay scared. Why do you do the sounds every time? Dead. <laughs> You're the worst. There are away. computers that make the noises, so you don't have to. Dead, 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 dead. Give, uh, give, give, give away. Wait, 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 wait. Some, some, some <laughs> sort of break, because we have stings. Audio. <laughs> <laughs> we have audio stings. You broke it all. <clears throat> I was actually trying to lift my hand to go like this. To, to say, here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Go around. <laughs> Go around everything, not <laughs> through it. Oh, God. Oh.